Welcome to Wines We Drink, a podcast for wine lovers and learners. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and together with my counterpart, Keith Herndon, we'll be exploring a new wine each week. Keith is a lover of wine, and I am a learner of wine, and we hope you'll continue learning and sipping along with us. Welcome, everyone, to the Wines We Drink podcast. If you're a lover of wine or a learner of wine, you have found your podcast home. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and today I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Keith Herndon, a certified wine sommelier. Charlotte, hello again, and a big welcome to our loyal listeners and to those of you who may be finding us for the first time. Uh, We're here to help you with your wine journey. No matter where you are in your wine journey, we hope you'll find our conversations fun and insightful. Well, Keith, we've made it a case of 12 episodes, as you like to call it. (laughs) We've been drinking some great wines this season, and so I encourage all of you out there to check out the previous episodes from this season and listen wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find our complete episode guide at WinesWeDrink.com. So today's episode marks a turning point in our wine selection, Charlotte. Uh, We've launched the season with four great white wines. Then we celebrated our midpoint with a Napa Valley sparkling wine, and then we went next door to Sonoma for an amazing rosé. Today, we launch five episodes highlighting some of our favorite red wines. Wow, and we've indeed enjoyed some delicious wines, so I'm eager to continue that trend as we move into the red wine category portion of our season. Um, So what bottle are we drinking today? Well, Charlotte, I'm going to go ahead and give away a little of what we normally talk about after the break in our pairing period. But I think it's important for the audience as we set up today's episode, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We call this our summer fun project, right? Absolutely. (laughs) So for me, nothing says fun in the summer like a juicy hamburger from the backyard grill. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I'm often asked, you know, well, is there a wine that goes with hamburgers? And I always say, yes, there is. (laughs) And we're going to be drinking one very soon. Man. So can you tell our audience specifically which bottle we're drinking today? Well, we may be pairing this with an American hamburger, but the wine itself hails from Italy, Sicily. We're going to be opening a bottle of 2020 Nero Davola from the Canteen Colosi Winery. And can I just jumpstart and say how excited I am about this American hamburger that we're going to have. For our loyal (laughs) listeners from last season, you'll recall that Keith often just talked about the amazing, beautiful meats that you can pair with red wines, and today we actually get to eat them, so I'm super excited. Um, And going back to the bottle of wine, of course, we don't talk a lot about, uh, on this podcast, um, you know, we tend to focus more on what's inside the bottle, but I encourage our listeners to take a look at the bottle photos that we'll post on social media. They're already up if you're listening to this, uh, promoting today's episode. So the label for this particular bottle features an old style sort of botanical art, and it's quite distinctive, so it kind of jumps off the shelf. Um, But now let's delve into what's inside the bottle again. So Keith, can you uh, please pour us maybe a couple of glasses? Yeah, Charlotte, with this style of wine, uh, you know, I think it's important to let it breathe for a bit. So before we began recording today's episode, I've had this in a decanter for over half an hour. So even though this is a relatively young bottle, a 2020, I still think it benefits from some time to open up. Okay, so I'm going to start pouring this from the decanter into our glasses, Charlotte. Yeah, I saw the wine in the decanter when we first sat down to start the episode. So it's been tempting me to jump ahead all the time and talk about uh, what I've been seeing in front of me, which is this intense ruby color. I mean, it's a 
gorgeous wine when it just sits in the decanter, and now it sits in my glass. Right. Well, yes, you nailed it. You know, the color of this wine is best described as an intensely ruby red, and the tannins is what give us this nice color. They're all coming from the Nero Davila grape. You know, this particular bottle was aged for six months, but all in 100% stainless steel tanks. There was no oak at all oh, involved. Wow. Yeah, no, that's interesting because we've had experience so far this season with stainless steel tank aging for white wine. So are all of these wines made this way? No, you'll find some uh, Nero Davila's uh, that are aged in oak and, and they'll have a somewhat different you know, flavor profile than the Colosi that we're drinking today. So I'd encourage our listeners to, you know, to check out the tasting notes to make sure that you're getting what you expect, you know, when you buy this wine. There's some wonderful examples that are aged in oak, but there are going to be some flavor differences. They may have some some of the oaky taste, you know, characteristics, some vanilla, you know, maybe some uh, toast kind of aftertones there. But uh, for this wine, you know, there's no oak, so it's much more of a fresh, bright approach, I think. So, Charlotte, go ahead and smell the wine, and, and what are some of the aromas that, you know, that are jumping out when you smell this wine? I'm a little nervous because this is our first red of the season and my nose is tuned for white, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, already it's it's such an aromatic red and the first smell immediately is, is very fruity, as I was expecting. So definitely, um, as I'm smelling, uh, the first thing that really jumps out is, is, is cherry in there. Yeah, there's definitely notes of, of cherry in the aromas, right? You know, I think your nose is working to, you know, very well today. Thank Charlotte, you. Right? Thank you. You know, the, the cherry aromas are, are very upfront in this wine, you know, but, but my nose also, when I'm smelling it, you know, I pick up these other dark berries, you know, there's, there's blackberry, mm. you know, there's a uh, dark red plum, yeah. you know, in that, right? I don't so think I can resist. go in for the first yeah. taste, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's like a, a play in three acts. Um, <laughs> right. That first taste is super robust, and I'm really not even sure how to put this into words, but it perhaps a fresh and tart and fruity all comes to mind, which is crazy for how dark and, and ruby-like the red looks. Yes, those are all great ways to describe this wine. I mean, the winemaker notes even refer to this as crispy, ah. which is not how... Red wines are often described, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, so go in there and, and take another taste. You know, yeah. Um, I, I think the that stems from the production style of this wine, using only stainless steel tanks, right? You know, there are a lot of tannins coming through, so you're getting that tannic taste because the the juice and the skin were in in contact for a long time in this wine. But but there aren't those oaky notes that we come to expect from a deep red wine and. You know, and I and I think that allows some other flavors to open up and come through. So, so what are some of those other flavors that come to mind to you? Yeah, absolutely. It, that is that is really what it is that I'm picking up on. That's so distinct about this red wine is the difference of the the lack of the oaky notes. So, um, I was taking another couple of sips, and um, what I was noticing was some subtle sort of spiciness around the rim of my mouth, and maybe just a better way to describe that would just to say pepper. <laughs> so. You know, and also, as you know, there's that little briny, briny feeling on the tongue. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's really interesting because, you know, I picked up on that briny, salty note a, as well. And then I went back and, and read the winemaker's notes and, and that really came into focus for me mm. uh, because you hit it, right? Right. Um, black olives. 
Oh. Right? The winemaker describes, quote, complex aromas of black pepper and black olives, end quote. And, and while those notes refer to the aromas, you know, they, they certainly carry over for me into my palate. And, and, and why not, right? right. You know, I, I certainly associate black olives with some wonderful Italian dishes. Right. And, and, and this being a Sicilian wine, it, it just makes sense, right? Oh, absolutely. That definitely all adds up. And I can already be contemplating potential food pairings for that. <laughs> so that's exciting. Um, you know, there, there are certainly characteristics of this wine that really speak to its source, which I always love. Absolutely, Charlotte. And the Colossi Winery, uh, now under third generation of family leadership, they, they want you to get that feeling, uh, you know, of, of a wine from its source, mm. right? They want their wines to transport you to the Sicily, and they, they have wonderful copywriters who help create that sensation. You know, allow me to read from the winery's website, okay? Okay. Quote, amidst the fragrances of the Mediterranean scrub and the breathtaking views the Colosi family cultivates vineyards on characteristic terraces overlooking the sea and produces unique wines that reflect shimmering light, wind, sun, and color, end quote. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was a poem. <laughs> I mean, again, you're introducing me to a wine, but also a place and a place that I would love to visit. And I actually, um, a close family friend of ours is from Sicily and always describes it with just this such romantic vigor. So it seems like my travel bucket list gets longer and longer with every episode we make. You know, you're so right. Uh, you know, that, that, but that is part of the magical quality of, of drinking wine for me. The best wines impart a sense of place, right? You know, mm-hmm. we, we talked about this in season one when the French call it terroir. You know, those characteristics of a wine that reflect holistically where the wine is from, right? Where it came from. Absolutely. Yeah. Every every glass has a story. And so I think, you know, the Nero Davila we're drinking today is quite full of terroir. <laughs> right. You know, it's an Italian red that is full of fruit flavors. It has some very specific undertones, but all in a style the winemaker describes as soft and round on the palate. It, it really is a wonderful wine. It is. It's full-bodied. It's holistic. It, it gives you everything you need and nothing you don't. Right. <laughs> so I now have to be the one to bring this wine poetry discussion to a close, unfortunately. And let's talk about more practical matters, okay, like cost. So how much will a bottle of this Nero Davila set me back? Well, you're going to be incredibly pleased that this wine falls squarely into our value proposition range that we've been emphasizing this season. Will you believe this 2020 vintage comes in on the Vivino app with a national average price of just $14.99? Wow. You know, I paid $17 at a local shop for this specific bottle that we're drinking today, but you should be able to find this bottle everywhere for under $20, you know? Wow. And Vivino ranks it as a top 6% wine in the world, which is an incredibly high score, you know, right? Mm-hmm. But the app also gives it some special recognition as a great value, saying that this wine uh, of similar quality would typically cost 38% more. Wow. I mean, once again, we're showing our listeners and me <laughs> that a top line and a great price is possible. And you just kind of keep those value props coming. Well, that's what we do here, you know, right? Uh, That's the whole premise of the show. You know, I want our listeners to understand that high-quality wines don't have to be an expensive proposition. You know, with a little homework, 
There are amazing values in virtually every wine type and category, and I love ferreting them out and sharing them with you and our audience. Yeah, you've, you've really done the hard work for us, so thank <laughs> you. Um, we're going to take a short break and then return for our pairing period, perhaps the most exciting pairing period of the of the season for me, personally. Keith told me before we began recording today that he has a special treat. I can't wait, so we'll be back soon. Right, and I think we already know we're headed to the Backyard Grill. Let's right? go! Welcome back, everyone. You're with us today for our eighth episode in our summer case of episodes. We're now in the pairing period portion of the show, which is the best part, if you ask me, uh, where Keith is going to share his ideas for how to pair today's wine with food. Before the break, I mentioned Keith said that he had a special treat in store. Let me tell you, listeners, he did not disappoint. Thanks to the magic of, of audio editing, our break on the show seems normal and super short, but we've actually been out on Keith's deck grilling hamburgers. You know, yes, as I mentioned at the outset of today's episode, I selected a wine that is a perfect companion to those summer grill burgers. It has the body to hold up to the fat content in the burgers, but I have to say there's a little bit of an irony in my selection today. Okay, irony. What do you mean? Well, we're pairing it with meat because it works so well, but this bottle of wine is also certified vegan. (laughs) Okay, yeah, then there's the irony. I mean... (laughs) But as we've been eating these burgers and drinking this wine, I'm, I just have to admit I'm a convert. I admit I was a little skeptical at first, but this wine really pairs nicely with those juicy burgers that you grilled for us. They were so tasty. Yeah, when I was researching this wine, I, I came across this from the Drink and Pair website. I'm going to quote from the website, right? Quote, the heavy proteins and fat give the hefty tannin and Nero Davila something to chew on while the medium-high acidity of Nero helps wash away all the greasiness from the meat and cheese. This allows each bite of the burger to taste as glorious as the first, end quote. Wow, yeah. Again, a beautiful description. The tannins, uh, like that quote mentioned, giving the heavy proteins and fat something to chew on. That's great. I mean, I'm going to have to keep that one in mind. Um, So while I'm certainly enjoying this burger recommendation and my belly is happy, um, what else would pair well with this wine? Well, while we've been pairing this wine with an American staple, right? Uh, You know, the burgers that we had, you you can't go wrong returning this wine to its Italian roots and pairing it with a meaty, cheesy lasagna, right? That's probably what this wine was actually (laughs) made for, right? Also, I think this wine is a great complement to a variety of pizzas, right? Mm -hmm. Often you'll find that wines with a lot of tannins such as this will clash with the tomatoes and the tomato sauce that you find in a pizza. But there's enough acid in most Nero Davilas to balance that out. And I think that certain toppings work with this, right? Remember, we talked about the black olive undertones. Well, if you put some black olives on your pizza... I think that really works with these flavor undertones of this wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? you'll get bonus points for the for the black olive pairing. Um, <laughs> and you know, these burgers that we had today were actually cheeseburgers um, with this robust sort of giant slice of cheddar cheese on top. So, if I wanted to serve a narrow davola with a cheese tray, what should be on it? Well, you mentioned the cheddar that we had on the burgers. You know, you can't go wrong with a nice aged cheddar with this you know, with this uh, wine. And that would also include a white cheddar as well. 
but but you can also feature Fontina, Gruyere, Munster, uh, you know, any of these cheeses that have some of that creamy and nutty flavor characteristics. And and one last thing I want to point out for our, our listeners when they look at this bottle um, in the shop, they'll they'll they need to look for the for a narrow devola that has the DOC regulatory label on it. You know, the, the rules for that DOC label requires that the bottle be at least 85% narrow davola. And so you can be assured that you're getting the grape that you're paying for if you make sure that it has the DOC or the DOCG regulatory label on it. Okay, yeah. No, that's a, that's a great tip. I would not have known to, to look for that. So um, this has been amazing. I have loved, thoroughly loved, the, the delicious meal that I've been served here today. Um, and I hope that everyone listening is jealous. <laughs> um, we'll, this is all the time that we have for today's episode, so we'll be back. But before we go, can you give our listeners any hints about our plans for next week? It may be hard to top this week. Well, I'm going to try. Okay. Because as you know, I love Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. It's one of my go-to red wines, right? So next time, we'll be drinking one of my California faves. And also, need to let our listeners know that we'll be back on location. That's right. We're recording our last four episodes at the Tapped Wine Bar where we launched this season. And we're looking forward to being back there. Oh, yeah. Our, our new home, if you will. <laughs> second um, home. Second home. You're right. You're right. This is our <laughs> real home here in the wine kitchen. Um, so thanks, everyone. Looking forward to it. Right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Wines We Drink. Listen to our other episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Wines We Drink and on Instagram at The Wines We Drink. Cheers.